podcast where I introduce my friends and loved ones to progressive rock music and they in turn get me to listen to whatever they want and today we have a recurring guest of Kyle one of my favorite cousins well I've only got a few handful of them uh, and they're all my favorites but Kyle is coming back he had me originally listen to uh, Tom Minch and I had him listen to Gentle Giants so this time around I figured I'd mix it up a little bit but I'm still getting him to listen to a classic progressive rock band of King Crimson so I'm pretty excited to find out what he thinks about that but before we get into the album proper i want to thank a few people first off olena alinsky for the show's graphic as well as explosive ear candy for the show's graphics so without further ado let's dive into this week's episode Well, thank you so much for coming back on to the podcast. One of the original five that I had lined up for this. Uh, wow. My good buddy and cousin Kyle. Yes. Hello. Hi, I'm cousin Kyle. <laughs> so that's um, my real name. That is your real name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had you on and we listened to um, Gentle Giant and Tom Mishk uh, yes. the first time around. Uh, have you revisited Gentle Giant at all or was it like a one time deal? I think it was, it was a one-time deal. <laughs> that's, fair, yeah. that's fair. One of the songs made it onto my playlist, but that playlist has about two thousand songs on it. So wow. I think I've I think I've run into it once or twice. And I was like, oh, what's this? This sounds familiar. Oh right. Giant. oh, right. Yeah, I got this from Michael. Right on. Right on. Right on. Yeah, I dove a little bit into uh, Tom's work. I mean, it was easy because there was just one other album. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty easy homework assignment for me. But uh, yeah, I always figured that you like cool music, like funk, funky stuff yeah. like so, stuff that makes me move a little bit that's right that's right so yeah. and i also figure i can challenge you a little bit mm. um you're not you're not adverse to uh having having your earbuds be challenged every once in a while so not at all i've got i've got something pretty tasty lined up for you that i'm pretty excited for so beautiful beautiful yeah, yeah. Uh, i actually came up with a short list of six albums and i think oh. i picked the one okay um but I could change it. I don't know. Do you have anything in particular? What have you gotten recently? Oh, man. So let's see here. My last three, I've had The Emotional Oranges. I've had Amy Winehouse. And I've had... Those are the two that like really made a, a splash for me. Um, let me just have a quick look. The rundown of my uh, episodes so far. Um. 
Oh, I had Billy Talent. My first time actually diving into Billy Talent's music. I never, yeah. I never had a chance to listen to them when they. It's an old oldie, but a goodie. Well, this is the thing, right? Like for me, I always considered them like super new because, like, as mm. I was developing my taste in music, they were like the next big thing, and yeah. I listened to like one or two of their tracks, and I'm like, nah, it's not for me. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm going back into like you know Pink Floyd and Death Row Tall and whatnot. Mm. Um, and I guess I always wrote them off as being a screamo emo band which they very mm. much are not no no they're very much like i would define them as like that is the definition of like alternative punk rock or yeah. just like alt canadian alt rock yeah. yeah yeah which because they came out the same time that say um like panic at the disco and my chemical romance and uh um, interesting they were actually a little bit earlier than they that. were a little like, bit I earlier the uh, the precedents because i i associated mm -hmm. them with like green day's american idiot yes because right? when i was growing up the kind of like the three albums that kind of sparked my entire taste in music were like mm -hmm. billy talent one mm -hmm. american idiot and lincoln park's meteora and those all came up at the same time and then the next year i moved and the uh -huh. new school i moved to there was a guy who was like really into the killers Mm -hmm. uh, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, and those sorts of more like punk pop or I'd just yeah. call them just more punk bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I found myself really digging them because I actually, I'm, I'm allowing myself to enjoy music regardless of any kind of stigma that's attached to them. Because right growing up, you know, I wasn't allowing myself to enjoy music that I knew I liked, like Spice Girls and Backstreet <laughs> Boys and all those. Right. And I've come to recognize if I like them, I'm going to like enjoy them. So life yeah, is too that's short. Yeah, way to go. Life is too short, and I'm not going to have anybody tell me say no. So right yeah, uh, that's kind yeah, of what well, I've been grooving to for the past couple of episodes. Wicked, wicked. So well, I don't know. I still feel yeah. like part of me still wants to give you some options here. I could just give you okay. one. Um, uh, I, yeah, do you want me to it, tell you the six albums I picked, and then I tell you the one say, I want to give you? Would it be easier if I give you my album first? Yeah, sure. You, you can, can yours first. Kind of go for that. So the album that okay. I have in mind is a band that I'm I'm pretty sure you know of. Okay. Uh, the band is called uh, King Crimson. I do not know them. Okay. But I can um, picture what their logo might look like. <laughs> well, it's, name. it's interesting because I don't really, they have a logo-ish. Um, it's, it's kind of like- not, a, It's not in blood. Cause that's, that's King no. Crimson. I immediately just picture it <laughs> dripping blood or something. Very metal, no? <laughs> their, their first album called In the Court of the Crimson King is a- like a staple album, you know, it came out in 1969. Um, oh, wow. It rejuvenized and redefined what rock was. Um, it actually, a lot of people point to this album being the genesis of progressive rock, mm -hmm. uh, taking jazzy, impressionistic, avant-garde style of music and applying it to the current zeitgeist of rock and roll. So this was kind of in and around the same time as like Abbey Road, as like Jimi Hendrix, as um, like Led Zeppelin. But instead of being more blues oriented as Jimi and Led Zeppelin was, this is much more jazz oriented. Oh, so, right on. Okay. And each album that they put out was completely different. Um, so think of like King Gizzard of today where like each album is almost a completely different genre. Yes. That's what these guys did. You know, their first two were very similar, but then they went into this like Renaissance kind of minstrel album and then a very impressionistic, um, almost soundscapey album. And then like a straight up jazz album. So like each of their albums in the seventies were very, very different. So I'm giving you, I love that. Yeah. I, I would actually recommend, I think you would have a good time with King Crimson. Um, yeah, right. 
they're I'm giving you their final album. This is the album they released in 2001. So okay. the the band overall has a pretty lengthy history. In the 70s, they were like the definitive of progressive rock. In the 80s, they basically invented math rock. Oh, uh, nice. So okay. I like took, that. <laughs> they took a hiatus uh, from 1974 or maybe five all the way until 1980. And then they reformed themselves in 1980 as this extremely tight math rock thing, which yeah. was like nothing had like nobody had ever heard anything like this before. And they put out three albums with this kind of lineup. Um, and then in the nineties, they, again, they took a hiatus, uh, and then in the nineties, they reformed as being more of this jazzy, funky outfit. Um, and this is one of my favorite expressions. It's less popular because it's less genre bending and defining, Mm. um, and it being just really good music. So I'm giving you King Crimson's last album called the power to believe. Power to believe. I that's love a, it. That's a really big uh, wind up for yeah. the album. No, proper. I like it. But there's, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of a quote from, from one musician very similar to this where I, I can't remember exactly who it was and I'm definitely paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. But it's something along the lines of like, my, fam- my fans are disappointed because I'm not making more of the same. And that's because mm-hmm. I don't make music for them. I make music for myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's an attitude that I really like. That's exactly uh, one of my favorite artists like right now who no one's ever heard of. And I'm in his like one top one, probably like top one, one <laughs> percent on Spotify. This guy called Your Neighbors. I was thinking of giving you one of his albums, but I don't okay. think I will. Okay. Okay. But okay. He's done a lot of different singles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and almost everything he does is like a totally different genre, but it's all very much a, a mixture of electronic elements with a lot mm-hmm. of actual instruments in the background. And I know he brings in a lot of session instruments to do everything and, okay. and just sort of a locates it as himself mm-hmm. uh yeah i had a list of most of these albums are from this year but then there was one older album i was thinking of and i think because he went through billy talent this might be the way to go and i'm thinking uh have you ever listened to the album songs for the death by queens of the stone age oh that brings me back <laughs> i you know i have to be perfectly honest i don't think i've i'm trying to remember if i've actually sat down and listened to the whole thing because i have I have heard a number of their songs. Like that's mm-hmm. the one where, um, uh, oh shoot, the the song excuses me, but it starts off with No one knows. It might be that album, but it might have been a different album. The thing that makes this album very special and I think a great, I think you'll really enjoy listening to this actually end to end. Okay. Okay. Is that spliced in between the whole album? is uh like a radio show then that's the one yes yeah. yes yes yeah yes, i think we've yes. been thinking yeah no one knows it's probably that's the most famous song no one knows go with the flow but this yeah. is an album that i've actually listened to and and many times because mm-hmm. uh, uh in addition to the other albums i mentioned when developing my taste in music this was another early album uh because mm. my cousin jeremy burned it on a cd for me and gave it to yeah. me back yeah. in the walkman era oh yes um, oh i still have yeah, mine somewhere so, I gave this plenty of listens and it's uh, it's a great album. So that's what yep. we're going to go with. Okay. Uh, Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age. See, I love this because little known fact, the drummer, I believe from this album is the same drummer that the Mars Volta had for two or three of their albums. Uh, I believe that's correct. So like the man behind the kit is just a powerhouse. Yeah. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm excited because <laughs> I think I, I can't say for sure whether or not I've listened to this album in entirety. I know I've listened to their last two albums because I got it for a friend um, on record, like on vinyl. And we were up at the cottage when I gave it to her. And so we listened to them pretty much in succession. 
So I heard right those on. two albums and I love their, their approach to rock music. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and listened to this, to uh, songs for the death in its entirety. So I think you made, I think you made a really good choice. I'm pretty excited for this. I think so too. I'm happy with it as well. I'll say too, like of all the bands <laughs> I've seen live and I have not seen as many bands as you have. You're, you're mm-hmm. more of the con. I've, I've been to a lot more concerts. I think actually since I moved here, but not recently, yeah. of course. Right. Right. Um, but of all the albums, all the bands I've ever seen Queens of Stone Age, I cannot believe how long they can play for. They played oh, yeah. for like three hours straight with like a 10 minute break mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the whole time, just full power, full energy, Oh, yeah. Like I and I don't understand how the guy can do that. How could you do that like, every day or even you know for a couple of days in a row? Like, how do you not lose your voice? How do you not, and they're not young anymore either? No, no. Like right? they were, I remember when I was in grade six. So this is going back like yeah. maybe 15 years ago. So mm. like that was when they were putting out those albums, and they're still putting out albums today and touring oh, yeah. like they were. So definitely. No, I was That's also intense. thinking about giving you their, their their new album, but I think the old one's better. Yeah, and I believe I've already heard the new album. So villains. this is that's a good one. Well. I I am yes, villains and the one that they put out before was it? Um, oh, I can picture it. Yeah, like no, that's a song, and it's like clockwork. Yes, because I sitting I, by the ocean. I know all the names of the song, but <laughs> I don't know the album's name itself. You know? Yeah, because I know I got yeah. villains. Because there's is there a ten minute track on that one? Uh, something like that. I think it was like a nine minute one. Yeah, that I got really excited for because whenever I see yes. a, a song that's over eight minutes, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> now we're talking. So, oh, head like a pumpkin, maybe? Is that head like a pumpkin? Of? Maybe. I don't something know. like that. Something. Like something around the Something like that. I remember yeah. that was uh, my cousin Jeremy, who, again, I went to the show with him and he's the one who gave me the album. That was his mm-hmm. favorite song of that album as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Or my first listen to, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. He's like, no, no, that's the one. Go back and listen to that song. It's, it's the best. Oh, all right. That's he was right. Okay, he was right. Okay. It held up really it. well. I'll take yeah. it. Right on. Right on. Right on. All right. Well, I'm going to spend some time with Queens of the Stone Age. You have some fun with your uh, yes, first introduction to um, King Crimson. King Crimson. I'm, sh- I'm almost shocked that you haven't heard of them before. So uh, that story of my life, man. Oh, you must have heard of this. Uh, I promise you I have not. <laughs> I, uh, I assure you I have not. <laughs> yeah, I assure you. If I did, I would know. And I assure you I have not. That's funny. Yep. I All choose right. the rock I live under. And, uh, <laughs> I love it here. It's great. That's great. That's cool. great. All right. Catch you on the flip side. Then. All right. We'll see you soon. Sounds good. Cheers. Because I know the future's on our side. And with that, Kyle and I go into our own music silos. I get to listen to Queens of the Stone Age, and he gets to listen to King Crimson. Pretty excited about what he has to say about King Crimson. And I had a blast with Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, I hadn't actually sat down and listened to this as I was listening to it. I realized I hadn't actually listened to it. So uh, pretty excited to talk about it and some of the highs and lows off of that album. But before I do, I want to thank a few people. I want to thank Axel. Uh, he's a patron of mine. He donated way back when so i wanted to give a shout out to axel as well as mark foy another long-term supporter of mine i wanted to thank those two individuals and if you want to be cool like mark and axel head on over to my patreon it's patreon slash notes reviews that's where you can uh get behind the scenes scoops sometimes for videos that i put out on my notes reviews um and uh 
you get shout outs on this as well as all of my YouTube videos uh, for notes reviews. Um, and uh, yeah, depending on what you donate, you can either have me listen to an album on a live stream, have me review an album. There's lots of great stuff there. Go and check it out at Patreon slash Notes Reviews. And if you aren't already subscribed to this on the YouTubes, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube at Quid Prog Quo, um, go and, you know, sign up, subscribe, give this video a like, comment down below what you're liking about it, uh, hoping to get a little bit more traction on this. And if you didn't know already, this is a podcast. So please rate um, subscribe, uh, comment, share it with friends, uh, spread the word out. Uh, we're coming on to, I think like 35 episodes, 36, 37. So there's, there's a lot here to discover. Um, and yeah, I think that's all I've got for right now. So let's dive back into this week's episode, find out what Kyle thought about King Crimson and what I thought about Queens of the Stone Age. Let's dive back in. So, what did you think about King Crimson, your first endeavor in them? I liked it. I liked it. It oh, was uh, a little bit all over the place, but I think <laughs> overall, definitely like positive, positive feeling towards the album. Uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I had some extra time, so I also went and uh, side note, we'll talk about the album, but I went and listened to their uh, their number one track, uh, which is a, a 21st century schizoid man. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. What, what initially hit me is I'm like, wait a second. I recognize that, like that phrase. Yeah. Where do I recognize? Do you know where I know it from? Um, I'm actually going to guess you don't. Probably from this album. Like this no. is where it kind of became no, famous. So, but where, where no, did you know I, this see, from? You're wrong. You're wrong. It, it didn't oh, become famous there. It became famous because Kanye sampled it in the song Power. Uh, which has 600 million uh, listens on Spotify right now. Um, Wait. It just uses that 21st century skit. So, man, boom, 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 boom. Yes, 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 yes. I, I am very yeah. aware. I am very aware of that. Um, <laughs> but are you saying that that's how that this phrase, song just that became phrase. that phrase? No, that's, how, how this, that's not how the it song became famous. Is, because anyone was... <laughs> who listens to the song is going to be like, well, how do I know this? Why have I heard this before? And it's because Kanye used it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I had think to that's... go to the Wikipedia page to figure that out because it was, <laughs> was driving me crazy. Right. I was going to say that's a little bit of a blanket statement because I don't know <laughs> if everybody knows Kanye. Like I yeah, only six hundred heard... million people. Yeah, I've never heard the song before. The only don't worry. The that only was me once upon a time too. <laughs> the only but, way yeah. that I knew that song existed was um, in Power Rangers. Um, mm. the movie the latest power rangers movie um <laughs> they actually had that song in the uh. and i'm like they're playing king crimson and my friend's like i don't <laughs> think that's king crimson i'm like no that's king crimson and right then, right yeah that's how i found out about it um right on but yeah so yeah that's it's it's interesting i let's do a little bit of a deep dive side note yeah yeah anyways yeah, back I mean, on topic <laughs> i will say before we go back onto the topic, uh, the 21st century schizoid man is my least favorite. Well, I shouldn't say least favorite. Hmm. One of my least favorite tracks from that debut album. Wow. Because all the other tracks off of that album are much more um, subdued. They're a lot more impressionistic. 
Whereas this one is much more in your face. And I remember when I was first listening to it, I didn't enjoy that much in your face music. I liked a lot more of the erythrial, very, uh, I keep using impressionistic, but like that kind of a thing. I think I know what you mean by that. Yeah. This is something where like, I I actually say, if you had said before I listened to this album, I wouldn't have known what you meant because I think Mm -hmm. that that's the type of music I generally avoid. Um, (laughs) But some of the tracks here, you're like, oh yes, very uh, impressionistic. I'm like, yes, Yes. I see that. Yeah, it's almost, it's like, you know, a very pastel and like abstract painting, right? Where the, I always say, the more you look at it, the more you get out of it. But like upon first looking at it, you're like, well, I don't, what's all this it's <laughs> it's not music it's sound right and that's uh, I, I actually the note <laughs> i took for that is like this isn't music this is art Ooh, i like that yeah it's a couple of those yeah all right cool. well let's let's dive in properly to this album yeah yeah do you want me yeah. to go through song by song here i've got oodles of notes yeah I however you like want to, to yeah yeah sure so there's an intro track Mm-hmm. Um, there's a quote in there. I remember liking the quote. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. We can move on though. Just an intro. Yeah. Uh, the first major song, level V. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I noticed, it's like a seven, eight song. So it's kind of proggy using a strange yep. time or not even that strange time signature. Um, but the other thing that I, I noticed immediately was that they're using a lot of programmed drums, yes. which for like in the, the 2003 timeframe, I think was, it's, it's interesting. Like I found a couple bands kind of later 2000s that were doing that and they tend mm-hmm. to be more in the metalcore genre. Yeah. And that was just because they're playing so fast. It makes sense to program the drums, but it doesn't have a yeah. very unique sound. And it's interesting. They're kind of doing that before it was cool. And so in my head, I'm like, did they inspire that? And I think the answer might be no. I think it was just kind of, they were just doing this experiment before I think it became a mainstream thing. So they were just ahead of the curve. Maybe yes. it was influential. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I don't well, know. That is, oh. that is something that King Crimson is very known for doing is like experimenting well before it became popular. Um, mm. And so where a lot of these, you know, it, and it's really hard to say, you know, chicken and egg kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but I do know one of the main reasons why they went into more of a synthetic drum sequence was their main drummer that they had in the 70s and 80s and a little bit at the beginning of the 90s was, uh, his name was Bill Bruford. And he was able to just do a lot of these styles of drumming, but with his age, he just couldn't mm. keep up anymore. Gotcha. But they still wanted to have that same essence on here. And they found that by playing with these beats, uh, they could create a lot of really interesting sounds with it. Totally. Um, yeah, because yeah, they do do a mixture. What's the thing? The thing I noticed here is that there's like a mixture between like what you can tell are very artificial sounds that they'll introduce mm-hmm. that are clearly like synth drum sounds, but then they'll put in, you know, like what it, what are supposed to sound like real drums. And, and I'll mm-hmm. tell myself a question a lot for the album. Okay, is this real drums or is this synth? Mm. you know and there's a yeah. lot of songs where it's not obvious but this first song it was, it was pretty obvious that it was mostly if not entirely uh programmed and the other thing they had that was going on that's very cool is they had kind of like this dueling guitar thing going yeah. on yeah 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 that was like so that. this track uh level v or it's level five um is technically the fifth sequence the fifth track of this bigger track that they've been doing since the seventies ah. <laughs> called Lark's tongue and aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and where all the other tracks that came before is like Lark's tongue and aspect part one, part two, part three, part four. Um, this one is kind of tangentially 
a part of it while also not being a part of it. Mm, so like that's why it's a log maybe it is. Yeah. Because yeah. they're the album that came out before this, which was the construction of light ended with um, Lark Sung and Aspic part four. So this one starts off with level five. Gotcha. Um, now I do also know in terms of the rhythm section and the drums, uh, Bill Bruford kind of orchestrated the, one of the first th- synth drum set uh, in right the on. 80s, where he was able to program the different pedals for different sounds. And this was something yeah. that a lot of different prog bands were doing in the 70s, but he did a full drum set. So he... he I've got played, one right there, actually. Right, yeah. Assignment. But this was, yeah. this was done in like the 80s. And so this <laughs> Before, style of, yeah, it's crazy. of creating drums... Um, even though it's still synth and artificial, the actual playing is still very traditional. Uh, So it's kind of like this marriage, and this was something that they always love to do, is this marriage between the traditional and the cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, and I find that the the thing though that yeah, what, what I'm listening to in particular, what I'm trying to figure out if it's programmed or not, is not just that because even with um, like because I have basically it is the drum synthesizer right behind beside me mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. and even with that, the thing that that is that makes it sound real is not the synth part; it's it's the human aspect, right? Because mm-hmm. a human, really, you can like the best drummer in the world can make the can hit the drum with the same amount of, of sound; it'll sound pretty similar, but you know, air flows. So yeah. it's always going to sound a little bit different, right? Yeah. Uh, versus with a the synth, they'll often will find like, this is the perfect tone we want, you know, but then sometimes people will do, they'll take the perfect tone. They're like, let's just move it over a little bit. In production. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. It also very, I guess I wrote disgusting tone on the guitar. Yeah. That's um, something that's very prominent yeah. in these guys. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also a very produced song I wrote, but mm-hmm. um, not in a bad way. Yeah. Um, like there were, there was an interesting part. I remember too, where they were like, it felt like they were moving the guitar like around in space as mm-hmm. it was playing. Yeah. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that first song though. Yeah. Next I one. love, I love that track. It's a great way to open the album off and it's still one of my favorite tracks of theirs. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I liked so. it a lot. Very cool song. Um, mm-hmm. The next one, I'd, Eyes Wide Open. Uh, I wasn't sure if there were going to be new vocals. So it opens with vocals. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. There's something very different sound than the, being the first sound, uh, first one here too. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's like program drums, but this time they're kind of mixed between that and what sounds like a real drum kit. Yeah. Um, very clean tone. I personally found this song to be very boring. There was, I did actually, I went back and gave it a little bit of a listen to see if there was any buildup. And I found there was a little bit, but it's almost like it builds, like if you were to take the top, the, the maximum build and the minimum build, <laughs> there is like a very small difference. It's, it's a step. That. Yeah. It's just a step. Yeah. Just a yeah. step. Yeah. So that's good fair. song, but yeah. not exactly exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find like, uh, and this is something that we'll probably be talking about throughout the song. I do find that there's a little bit of a, a quality uh, waiver between some of these tracks. Like you can mm-hmm. tell those tracks that they yes. were meticulous over, uh, especially with that Absolutely. first track of like in the studio, yeah. play, pre-planning every single note. And then others that are more like jamming sessions and much more improv, improv 
improvisation. Yeah, I can't speak. <laughs> there um, you go. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, I got it in one. Because uh, that was something that was really big that they did in the 70s was like these mm. jam sessions that they would essentially just play a set and between songs, they would just like jam a little bit and then take the best parts of those jam sessions and then put them on an album. Oh, it's right like, on. there's our next album. So yeah, very cool. But that in and of themselves would be wavering of quality. So I do feel like what eyes wide open kind of goes back to that original just jam sessions and it's it's fine but yeah it doesn't really... of, I, I would disagree a bit though just in terms of like it's it's very clearly like it had vocals and it was written right okay, yeah. so it didn't really have that jammy to me it seemed like something that was intentionally written but it, it but i agree with you it doesn't fit in with the rest of the album it's mm-hmm. the only song that said to me is not fitting in hmm. that's very interesting yeah i can see that though yeah it's a little bit more I'm trying to think of the word, maybe accessible would be the right word, like more of a, like a yeah. traditional track. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It had kind of maybe a bit of a dad rock vibe to it. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what did you think about Electric? Electric. Uh, let me think about it. This one was a bit, this was, a, this is an interesting song. It's very long. Mm-hmm. Um, notes on it I had, yeah. Uh, program drums that I sound like it was like a synth to the bass. Yep. yep. Uh, they did this cool sort of like one guitar per ear again, like the dueling guitars, but this time explicitly like, I remember being like, is it? Oh yeah. No, it's <laughs> completely just one in each ear, like do that sort of thing. That was pretty cool. But I found they did just the overall, the song made me sad until the end. I like the end of it. I like the way it ended. I think the last two minutes or so, but the middle of it made me sad. I don't know why. Um, and maybe to summarize it, I guess it's it's one of those things where it's like this is this is art, uh, but is. this art makes me feel bad, so it's good art. It's good, but it's not for me. You know? Right, right, right. Well, what art is anything. Do? Art is an, a piece that makes you feel right. So yes. it's it's if you want to feel good, it's art. If you want to feel bad, it's art. Um, exactly. I always found, and this is just my own personal preference. I always found that level five and electric were almost interchangeable to me. Um, mm. just because they're both, I believe they're both instrumental pieces. They both yep, have, they are. um, they're, they're known as binaural beats where there's, yeah. they go between the hemispheres ah, okay. and it's the two, mm. um, binaural being like your brains. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting word around, but I didn't know exactly what it meant, but that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So, um, this, and this makes sense because when this album came out, they were actually touring with, uh, tool. Uh, mm. with Tool's album Lateralis uh, okay. because Later- Lateralis also has a lot of binaural beats as well. Mm. Um, so that's one of the concerts that I wish I was able to see, but like <laughs> in 2001, 2002, I was 13 or 14 years old. Right. So wasn't quite yeah. ready. Mom's not taking you to Tool. <laughs> I think my dad would. My dad <laughs> he would. He would. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't see my mom coming to that. Anyway, that's, I, <laughs> I knew I had to talk about that somewhere. And I think electric right is the perfect spot for those syncopated binaural beats going on there yeah no i see what you're saying it is it is similar to level five but personally i i personally enjoyed level five much more i would agree i like level five more Um, but i think that's because electric is supposed to make you feel bad (laughs) a little bit yeah (laughs) or something maybe not bad sad might be the better word maybe sad i think yeah 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 um yeah the next we got facts of life intro which Mm -hmm. again just another intro uh as soon as facts of life kicks in, I like, I don't understand why this is the intro. This has nothing to do with it. It doesn't sound anything like it. I right. think it was just filler, like jam content. They just slapped in there, but 
Yeah. Um, I really like Facts of Life. This, I think, mm-hmm. was one of my favorite songs off the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't sure about it until the chorus came in and it just, it slaps. It's got oh, that yeah. like big metal sound, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. almost like Avenged Sevenfold vibes, but without the double kick, like in a good way. So I guess like I uh, yeah, halftime Avenged Sevenfold, but yeah. like that very big, big metal. Um, mm-hmm. And like, uh, I really like the. There's a lot of things to do with like uh, there's this rim shot and guitar pattern where they match up. It was like da na 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 da na 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 na. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they had like one lyric I actually wrote down because I liked it so much. It's like uh, nobody knows what happens when you die. Believe what you want. It doesn't matter if you're right. That is a fact of life. And then it goes into the chorus, and I love that. <laughs> so overall, great song. Big yeah, fan. yeah. I actually gave you this album pretty much specifically for that track because uh, yeah. I knew that this would have been that funky more medley track that i think you could really yes. sink your teeth into big fan yeah yeah big fan yeah mm-hmm. then we get into the the real power of the first i guess major power to believe uh because mm-hmm. we had one already but i yeah it was, yeah, more it was just the, the intro, intro. Yeah. yeah yeah so this is where things get really weird this is yeah. the one that really starts to feel like art yeah um <laughs> yeah so there's like the synth organ intro where they have like dueling ride symbols now. So the binaural beats, but they're using a ride symbol to do that. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. kind of cool. And they start bringing in like some bells and some, some world percussion. I think I, I heard like pan drums and like yeah. chimes and stuff like that. And there's some like heavy reverb, very abstract vocals. Um, overall, it feels very abstract is the word I would use. You might say impressionist. I would say abstract. Yeah. Um, yeah. It ends with a fuzzy guitar rift and some real sounding drums. Mm-hmm. Um, as the, the ride symbol still alternating, uh, I think like overall, I, I didn't understand why most of the song existed. <laughs> I really liked the last bit of it where they right. you know, kind of gets to more of what I would call like normal standard music that I know. Um, but that's art, you know, and, yeah. and in this case, I, that art didn't really make me feel much. It made me feel confused. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, what can yeah, you do? No, that's fair. <laughs> See, this is a technique that I love when artists use, and I, I haven't seen another name for it. So I had to come up with my own, but it's like chaotic resolution, where the first bit is just chaos. They're just throwing things at the wall it could be either very intense or very quiet and then it slowly kind of resolves itself into this actualization so it's Mm. almost like you're trying to think of an answer and all these different things are coming to your mind until you finally discover the actual answer so that's where it's like this chaotic resolution um i see what you're saying i find a lot of progressive rock does this and i know king crimson does this quite a bit i find they don't resolve it 100 half the time i think they just kind right. of like leave it off and it kind of wanders <laughs> away and i'm like no you need to resolve it into something it definitely feels like there's some is- re- resolution but i often don't feel like the chaos and the resolution have anything to do with one another it's mm. like two separate pieces almost right right right, right? Yeah. i think all of the sort of power of belief to power to believe are this and the the third is how to leave the song are very similar in that way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Um, we're coming up to my favorite track of this album. Mm, I know yours. Dangerous was curves. I love this track. <laughs> I love, love the name. this track. But I think dangerous curves. I think like Kate Upton or something. So, like, <laughs> I'm excited to see what this is. Right. Um, yeah. No. It's it's interesting opening. I wrote uh, synth violins mm-hmm. with industrial sounds. 
yeah and like i say industrial sounds it kind of reminds me of like like nine inch nails and some. i was degree. gonna say like nine inch yeah. nails or even um it almost sounds like they're hitting a garbage can there's like that kind of metal like concrete reverb happening yeah and yeah. then it's kind of like playing with the same guitar almost it sounds like it's a robot playing like the same mm-hmm. little riff through the, the whole it sounds like one or two notes almost too but it's yeah it's very effective um, and then it yeah, builds into something very interesting. It's almost like there's multiple bases and they, they kind of introduce some of that like different percussion, it sounds like, yeah. um, going around. And then at four minutes on the dot, it just drops a lot of that like <laughs> non-core instrument. And then it just becomes the drums of the focus and they're building up and it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it has a very epic like climax and then a long fade out. And I thought it was very cool. This is uh, one of my favorite tracks off of the album. And I love how it's basically just the same note sequence played over and over and over again, that just continuously builds like a snowball rolling down a hill that then causes an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the, and the other thing that I love about this is how it ends on such an ugly crescendoed note. Oh that, yeah, that note at the end is disgusting. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so gnarly, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, yeah uh, I liked. It. I think I laughed when that happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it comes into my other favorite track off of it. Yes, I love this song as well. Happy with what you have to be happy with. Yeah, it starts just major distortion. The distortion mm-hmm. is back. Yep. It's a big change from Dangerous Curve. The long fade out is just immediately all the guitar. Yep. And then burn, 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 burn. all the bass. Yeah. Um, and the very raw vocals, like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. almost intentionally. It seems like, I don't know, they're, they're probably not using a bad microphone, but it's like one of those good microphones that intentionally kind of sounds bad, if you know what yep. I mean. Yep. Yep. That's very the whole thing. Raw. Very, very raw. But then raw. the lyrics are meta. Mm-hmm. which caught it's me super. by surprise maybe laugh again like we're gonna need a chorus <laughs> thinking about writing the chorus in the chorus yeah. instead of actually having a chorus and i thought yeah. that, that was that was great um yeah yeah and yeah i really like that song um big fan of that yeah 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 my my one of my best friends uh this is her only song from king crimson that she'll listen to mm-hmm. um and so she loves this track but I love the groove. I love the music. And much like yourself, I love the meta lyrics because, I mean, it starts off with, I guess we'll need some words to sing into the microphone, you know? And the whole thing is basically just what he's doing. He's like, I guess we're going to need a chorus and I'm going to sing it until I'm blue in the face. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole whole track. And then the actual chorus is just happy to be with what you have to be happy with. Uh, And it's this not sequence of words playing around with the not sequence of music.
that. This is yeah, one of my favorite also the most though. the most normal song on the album. Yes, in my I think yeah. this this one and um, Eyes Wide Open are the two more normal tracks off of here. Yeah. But I do feel like this one fits the bill much more than oh yes the other yeah. one for sure. <laughs> yeah, this one fits the album for sure because it, yeah, it just catch you by surprise. But there's it's just it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure um yeah i love that track and then the the album ends with the power to believe three and four yes power to believe three very much like power to believe two starts out with a very abstract sort of two minutes of intro Mm -hmm. uh i didn't even write anything about the intro i didn't find it particularly memorable i was Mm -hmm. just kind of like i don't know what's going on here and then of course halfway through it drops into what i like (laughs) a it's like a halftime, maybe even quarter time metal groove. Yeah. Like if you know what that, you know, it's like very slow, like, yeah. Bum, bum. I don't, I don't even, I don't remember exactly what it is. I just remember it was, it was very, I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. It's like, like bum. slower. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's big. It's, it slaps. It comes mm-hmm. in with a groove, like very big, but then very slow, lots of space, mm-hmm. uh, clean mm-hmm. metal guitar, but heavily distorted bass. Um, and then as the end is approaching, they sort of, they speed up the time signature and then they slow it down until they kind of fade out. They don't slow it all the way down though. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's again, art. I kind of, I kind of did like the intro was kind of interesting, but like, you know, it's, it's art. This is, uh, it's not something I would choose to listen to. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know but if it mean. was a painting, I would hang it up and maybe I'd put <laughs> it on a wall if it was a painting, but, uh. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a quote and I can't remember who said it, but it was art is what we use to decorate space and music mm. is what we use to decorate time. Hmm. I and like that a lot. I was just like, wow. I should get that painted and hung on my wall. <laughs> you should. Yeah. In comic sense. Um, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I always like, that's one of my favorite quotes and I wish I could track down who said it. Uh, it's just a Google mm. search away. Um, but like this, album and those like power to believe sweets are very much like that kind of yeah. abstract art that i would ha- like hang on the wall and just stare at for hours totally totally yeah yeah i don't want to say power to believe four i actually i i was the only one of those four that i liked i actually oh. thought it was a really nice ending to the album mm-hmm. it's kind of got that ambient uh violin opening but it reminded me of oftentimes the sort of music they will play at the start of a film Right, as they sort of like look, the camera pens over the grass landscape, right? You have right, that sort of right. abstract, you can't even tell it's violin often, yeah. Um, but that's kind of what it is, uh, with mm. probably some some wiggling of a knob, uh, in production, right? Right, and right. and I think there might have been like a, some words spoken during that, but mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, I would say it wouldn't stand up by itself, but as, as an outro to the album, I thought it fit and I thought I really liked it, yeah. That's great. Um, and I'm glad that you enjoyed it. How was the album? Like we talked about the individual songs. How did you enjoy the album as a whole? I, I'm not usually someone who listens to albums as a whole, but yeah. as a whole, I did like it. I definitely liked mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is something that I, I I'm trying to ask my, my guests on here is your usual way of listening to music because it yes. changes based on their person. Like I'm a very, album guy like i listen to an album in its entirety because like it's more of like a holistic listen to me like how the songs interact with each other on the album overall um but i think you're more of like a playlist guy right yeah yeah it depends like anytime if an artist i like and know about puts out an album i will i've I've started making myself listen to the whole album but then often i'll do i'll do that one two three times but usually after the second time i'm like yes these are the songs that i'm going to continue listening to 
Right. Right. Yeah. And then you can, do you construct your own playlists or do you? I do. I okay, never yeah. use the, the Spotify playlist. So I, I've always been a big user of the like button. So mm-hmm. I have like 2000 something like songs <laughs> that I will play. Right. Um, but I've been making a point of doing sort of these rotating playlists that are like time uh, mm. sectioned and I'm doing some themed one as well now. So I've got like right. an instrumental one, a jazz themed, anything that's kind of groovy, funky. I got a big playlist for that. Right. Right. Um, right. But then it's also just like, here are kind of the things that I found in these time periods. And I can go back listen to that playlist. Like, Oh, I remember where I was when I was with this. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. to do that. I like it. Yeah. Mm. And I, cause I was the very same way, but less with playlists and more of like mixed CDs. Uh, showing my age a little bit because I still have like two binders full of these mix albums (laughs) that I would do and it would either be theme based or much like yourself the tracks that I was most listening to at a particular time Mm -hmm. Uh, and going back and listening to those it brought me right back to those times when I created them um it also was like really strange on some of the themes that I had with these like there was one that was songs about pirates uh so all the songs (laughs) yeah it was all songs about pirates um so yeah it was it was fun um but no that's that's great and I'm glad that you enjoyed this one um are you saving any of these tracks to any of those playlists oh yeah yeah I think there were there were at least three i think i saved uh yeah happy to have to be happy with <laughs> uh facts of life and level five okay those, those are all going on i liked those... all of them and uh yeah yeah and i think we're in agreement because those are my three favorite tracks from this album outside of dangerous yes. curves dangerous curves is still my favorite so. Yes. And I, I will take a note, like I'm definitely going to follow up with this artist more because I yeah. I have a feeling I'm going to like a lot more of their stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, all their stuff from the 70s, uh, each mm-hmm. album is very, very different. The three albums that they put out in the 80s and the three albums that they put out in the 90s and 2000s uh, kind of have the same sound to them. Mm, but each that. each iteration is very, very different. So, and I think you'll get a kick out of them. I, 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 I have a feeling I will. Yeah. A lot of that, I've, really I've like been that. a big fan of sort of a lot more, like my taste in music as I've gotten older has slowed down a lot. So I still uh-huh. like a lot of proggy and math stuff, but it's moved from like the metal chords, like <laughs> more what I'd call technical, a better use of space, let's say, as yes. opposed to just the art of feeling space with as much as humanly possible. Right. And I think you'll yeah. actually get a kick out of these guys because essentially they're just slowed down like math core. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So that's really <laughs> yeah, fitting the it. bill for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so switching gears, you had me listen yeah. to my first time through. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I almost said The Offspring. Uh, but <laughs> Queen's the Stone Age songs for the, the deaf songs for the deaf it yes. is for you as they say I really found myself enjoying this um because I had heard a few of these tracks previously um obviously go with the flow and uh no one knows I kind of already heard before um but like overall I was surprised at how heavy this album was um, especially only knowing the two tracks, uh, which really are more of their two shorter or softer tracks in comparison. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, much like you, I have notes on here. They're, my, they're not quite as in-depth, but um, I did also enjoy the through line of a, essentially this guy taking a drive and changing the knobs on the, the dial there and finding yeah. out what's being played on the radio. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyed that because it 
felt like a late night country drive uh, where you're going through different townships and realizing even though you're in a different area of the country, they're still playing the same songs. <laughs> so I still really, really enjoyed that aspect to it. Yeah, there's a lot of little jokes in there too. And I, I it does a, a very interesting thing sort of like the cohesion of the album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm, I love a good uh, through line for an album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why I love concept albums. Um, and so, yeah, um, the first, obviously the first track, uh, the real song for the deaf, uh, just like an intro track. Um, uh, the first, uh, you, you think I ain't worth a dollar. Um, it was, it was a good heavy track. And again, it caught me off guard a little bit. Um, I knew Queens of the Stone Age were a heavy band, but I forgot just how heavy they were. Um, (laughs) This one, yeah, it hit really, really hard. I think it's a great way to introduce the album. Um, and I also love, uh, for a lot of these tracks, the transitions between the tracks. Hmm. Um, you know, they were very, I would use the word smooth transitions. Yeah. Um, like just between that song and No One Knows, uh, it almost feels like they could be the same track, just with a different transition within it. Mm-hmm. Um and no one knows still one of my favorite tracks uh of this time period uh i love the drumming styles i love the the groove and bass uh the bass work on this album really uh surprised me um i also loved the mastery of the guitar works um because it's really easy well it's not really easy um but it's one thing to perfect like the chugging style of guitar work, the very metal side of guitar works, but then to go and transition from that into more of like a classical guitar works and like very noodly guitar works, that's a little bit harder to do. So I really appreciate that difference uh, of things there. Yeah, so no one knows. I loved, um, I made um, some notes on uh, a few tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, the main ones were um, the song for the dead. I mm-hmm. loved the guitar work. Uh, I loved the heavy hittingness. And I also love how the song progressed. Um, mm. I loved the outro and how it never really stopped because um, i love a track that does yeah. that i love a track that keeps you on the toe on your toes like you think mm-hmm. it's done and then it keeps going and yes. then they stop and you're like okay now it's done but then they keep going again mm. uh, so i really enjoyed that part um and i love how it kind of lends itself to the theme of this track which is songs for the dead and that yes. like you know life is what you experience but death is the ever-presenceness so even when like that's what's always happening and always occurring. Uh, so I really enjoyed that concept that this track has multiple endings on it. Yeah, that's a good one. I was actually said like, uh, just comment myself as well. Like uh, you ain't, you think I ain't worth a dollar, but I feel like a millionaire. For me, that's like a track that I thought was worth saving on this album. Same with no one knows. Mm. Also same with uh, song, song of the dead or song for the dead. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just played it to, to quickly spark my memory. And I was like, oh, yes. They make a great <laughs> use of stopping in this song, too. Because yeah. they're like, bom, 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 just like pause and they go back into it. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that. Um, yeah. I also love The Sky Has Fallen. Um, (laughs) the thing that I loved about Sky is Falling and I love when bands do this is uh, there's a dichotomy going on there's Mm. contrasts so I love that the guitars are very very heavy very metal but the vocals are extremely soothing it's almost like a lullaby so you have these harsh guitars paired with this heavenly uh, like angelic almost like a whisper Mm-hmm. singing styles and i love when that happens um i mean this i love when it's vice versa where the vocals are very harsh very gnarly but then the song that's around it is very soft and very soothing um and it is going into the i guess thesis of the sky is falling of like this catastrophe but there's still beauty to be found in storms mm-hmm. so really really enjoyed that think about it too yeah the song itself the song itself almost sounds like a storm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right you have the the voice is the wind and then the uh yeah would it be the guitars would almost be the effect of the wind like causing branches to crackle and, yeah yeah and there's there's cool. a saying when there's a massive windstorm uh it's not how fast the wind is blowing it's what the wind is blowing that's ah. going to do you in right <laughs> so yeah, yeah like the that. wind itself it doesn't really pose much of a threat it's when mm. you get smashed by a buick that's when <laughs> that's when the real threat happens so, oh yeah that's yeah fun. <laughs> um honestly i want to say this i wasn't a big fan of six shooter um, yeah i wouldn't even know what that song is but... yeah it just I, <laughs> it was memorable. a here it was a here and done wasn't a big fan of that uh but i do love uh, the hanging tree um mm. again it, it had these the sounds in it that was haunting that was the word that i kept using with this Mm. um one of my one of the visuals that i always i always find very off-putting is a tree with a hanging body in it like a noose Mm. yeah for some reason that's always one of the most off-putting visuals and Mm. this track was almost a like a audio representation of that right um and it wow, was very effective art then. Yeah, it is very effective art. Like it was yeah. very subtle too. Like it's only when you were like closing your eyes and paying attention to the music that you're like, there's a lot going on in the background that's mm-hmm. almost hidden by a lot of these more soothing sounds. Also loved go with the flow 
um, as I mentioned before, and I didn't realize there's a vocal section that's very similar to the track Who's There from Smash Mouth. Um, this, it's the same sequence of vocals that are going on it. And it's, it's the same hmm, sequence same of sort of, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah the same kind of bounciness um, hmm. that I love. But I also love the drive that's on this one. Um, and same with God is in the radio. And those those two tracks, one of the things I love is the single repetitive piano note that both of these tracks use. Uh, It's in the background and it's just this like go with the flow is very like ding, 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 ding. And same with God is in the radio. It's a little slower. It's a little softer, but it's still that ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And so I love how these two tracks have that singular repetitive uh, note sequence on the piano that grounds the track. like tethering this track to the ground and you're just basically going in a loop trying to get away from it and and they do without that that can some some songs that will drive me crazy because it'll pick like the one piano note and Mm -hmm. it just like it stands out like a sore thumb but in these two it really fits yeah and part of the reason for that is it's a technique that's used in classical music a lot Mm -hmm. where it's used in arpeggios uh and syncopations where Mm -hmm. the same note will change in your brain based on the notes that are found around it oh um it's kind of like um when you do fugues in music where it's just like right right uh it's that same note that's at the top that starts to differ when you get to the notes that are around it um so it'll be that same note that keeps the rhythm and then you have all these kind of uh harmonies that are playing around it uh so even though it's the single note, it's different when you look at it uh, through different lenses. And both of those tracks I, I love because of that. Yeah. Right on. Um, Me too. Also a big fan of both of those. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I also love the little nod to uh, the Satanisms in um, God is in the Radio with the <laughs> backward sounds and the backward mm. uh, vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember, but there was a lot of. I remember hearing of that. There's certain albums you would yeah, turn the record play it, and play it if backwards. If you play it backwards, and... it's um, oh, yeah, it's they're like summoning the devil. They're summoning the devil. It's devil yeah. worshiping. So it's I love this going to corrupt the roof. Yeah. So I love <laughs> when a, a um, when a band kind of plays into that a little bit, especially with a mm-hmm. track called God is in the radio. Um, <laughs> it really fits the theme of the album. It too, does. Yeah. It whole, really does. Yeah. And then the last one that I have is uh, another love song. Uh, I love that track. Uh, I love the smooth, easy guitars on this. Uh, I love how it's contrasted by uh, some of the songs that are around it, which are very chugging guitars, much more metal guitars. I love that. This is a little bit more of a smooth guitar outlook on it. Um, mm-hmm. And I love 
with a lot of these tracks, I love the drive of it. Um, and I, I can find myself really getting swept away from this. Um, and I also love that this album has one of those like fake endings um, with songs for the dead, having like a good 30 seconds of silence before coming back and um, having a little bit more sound to it. And then having like the secret song of mosquito song. Yeah. Um, that, that was a big thing back in the late 90s, early 2000s, where oh, right you would on. have about like a minute, two minutes worth of silence. Or sometimes mm. uh, on CD players, there would be like this countdown to the next album mm. within the, um, the track listing. So it would finish a track, but then you would start counting down from like two minutes or 30 seconds or whatnot right. for the next. So it was like this track between tracks. Mm. Um, so yeah anyway uh really found myself digging this album um i don't know if i would sit down and listen to this album in its entirety again mm-hmm. um like there are enough here that if i had on like a tape or a record i would sit down and listen to it uh but i still love a lot of those individual tracks um but yeah still had a great time with it yeah totally i mean it's also just there's just a lot of songs there are a lot of songs. You know, that's, why yeah. did I have such detailed notes? Because there were not that many songs. <laughs> you know, I had maybe like, what was it like, there's nine tracks, really only seven, two intros. You yep. know, this is more than twice that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hear you. And like, uh, you can also take, you know, I think like, I like about half the songs this album. I can take those <clears throat> and just put those on a playlist and it, it still is the same vibe. You know, you're not getting the whole radio play, but mm-hmm. there's enough radio play in between that too. Yeah. I feel sure. like this would be a good song for like, would it be a long drive? I had to drive somewhere by myself. Yes. Because I, I don't know if it'd be, it's not like a good road trip album, but if you do drive somewhere by yourself, this would be a good accompaniment, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Like this, uh, like I think that's what this was made for, like those late night drives in the countryside. Yeah. I think this is like that perfect soundtrack for that. Um, and yeah, I'd have no problem putting this on if I had like an hour's worth of drive ahead of me. Um, yeah. like that was something that I was doing growing up. Like I would just do a day trip to Toronto growing mm. up in Barrie and that's about right. just over an hour. So this would have yeah, fit the bill perfectly. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Right well, thank you for uh, introducing me to that. And, uh, anytime it's a classic, it's a classic. And I see why it's a classic. Uh, there's a lot of albums that I slept on when I was, <laughs> you know, in those and I'm like, ah, I'll get to it eventually and whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see why this was a classic. So awesome. I'm glad yeah. you liked it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to let the listeners know of? Um, not right now. No, I'm not really a public figure by any means. So, <laughs> you know, maybe one day, maybe one, maybe day. one day. And then the yeah. listeners can be like, I knew him when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's about it. This is the most public thing I really do. All right. Right now. Right Right now. now. One day. Maybe one day. Uh, Well, thanks for coming on again. And thank you. Thank you, listeners and viewers for watching. Uh, Be sure to do all the likes, share, subscribes, all that thing. I'm on social media. It's a fun time ish. Um, And yeah, just keep sharing music and have fun out there. Yeah. Right on. That's the message. Take away. Share music. Share Share love. Share love. Be happy there's i think those are the great three things share love share music share be happy yeah it's all you think the whole life i think we'll just end there it's perfect right on